Well, we are going to be spending our time this morning just looking at one verse. We're going to be looking at Romans 12, verse 12. And the headline for my message is this. When 2023 gets tough. Now, I want to give it this title because that's where we realistically find ourselves. Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, for example, has repeatedly stated that tough times are still on the horizon regarding the UK economy. Meaning that the cost of living crisis doesn't seem to be going away or disappearing anytime soon. Who knows? We may end up in another recession if we've not done so already. On top of our national economic concerns and all the strikes that have been taking place with various public sectors, there is still unrest overseas with conflicts within Ukraine still raging on. Many problems both in the UK and abroad. And that's not to mention all our personal worries and concerns and struggles more closer to home. Maybe, for example, some of us are still struggling with the long-term effects of COVID with a great sense of fatigue. And you realise that you just cannot do what you were able to do once before and what you would like to do now. And so when 2023 looks like it could be another hard year, what are we to do As followers of Jesus, how should we approach and do 2023 as a church? What directions does God give us as we approach a new year? Approach another potentially tough year with many ups and downs. I guess for many, the idea of a new year, it kind of puts a new spring in our step, doesn't it? Looking forward to exciting things that might be coming up for us this year. And there probably are. But... With much uncertainty and so many levels, maybe that spring in our step isn't, isn't quite that springy, if you like. So what instructions does God have for us as we face potentially another uncertain and perhaps difficult year with many ups and downs? Well, this is where Romans 12 verse 12 helps us. God says to Hollywell Church this morning, Be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction, and be faithful in prayer. Actually, there's lots of things that God's word says to us, but I've picked out these ones this year to guide us and to help us. Three instructions for those of us who are following the Lord Jesus. And they are three instructions, first of all, for Christians. I want to be clear about this. I want to be clear. Have a look at verse 1 of chapter 12. These instructions that we're going to be looking at this morning, they are for people who have been shown mercy by God. Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of all that he has done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Romans 12 verse 12 are instructions to those of us who have been loved and forgiven and saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. But they are also instructions, secondly, that are empowered by Jesus Christ. He doesn't just save you and then just leave you to it. 
No, he enables you and I to live this way, to live out this verse that we're going to be looking at in Romans 12, verse 12. Just have a look at verse 2 of Romans 12 to see what I mean. Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Notice Paul says, be transformed. It's something that happens to us, to you and I. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so God's mercy doesn't just save us, it changes us. And it changes us and then enables you and I to live out our verse for this morning. So here we are, three instructions, and I want to summarise them like this for us as a church this morning. What's the thrust of this message for us as Christians as we enter another year? Here we go. As followers of Jesus, let's keep hopeful, let's keep going, and let's keep praying as we enter 2023. And I want to work through each of these ones and apply them as a church, and we'll pray in them afterwards as well. So let's look at the first one. Let's keep hopeful. Look at verse 12 and look at how it starts. It says, be joyful in... What does it say? Come on, you can shout it out. Be joyful in... Hope. There you go. Be joyful in hope. Now, hope... It's a word that we often, we've seen already this year. If you've been uh, looking at all the hope headlines, depending where you get your news feeds, you know, there's kind of headlines that suggest that hope that this year might be a better year than last year. Hope that things will change and they will change soon and for the better. And so we tend to use hope, don't we, uh, to kind of mean an uncertain expectation, you know, we hope that this will happen, but we cannot be sure. And many of us have been failed by this kind of hope. Have you been failed by that kind of hope over the last one or two, three years? This past year or so, it's been an experience of failed hopes, hasn't it? We cannot be blamed for entering 2023 somewhat hopeless, a little bit suspicious of hope. As Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think we've experienced that, haven't we? Our nation has experienced that. Our world has experienced that. But as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, as those who have been and those who are being shown mercy by God, we have been given a hope. Not an uncertain expectation or some kind of wishful thinking. But we have been given a solid reality. Now, what is that solid reality precisely? Well, it isn't merely the hope of the return of life to how we always known it, some kind of back to our version of normality. No, what we have, the Bible says, is the hope of glory. It's a theme that Paul talks about early in Romans, particularly in Romans 5 and Romans 8. It's the hope of Jesus coming again and putting things right and making all things new. It's the hope of an eternal inheritance, one that will not perish, spoil or fade. 
It's the hope of a world that Revelation tells us that will have no more death or no more mourning and no more crying and no more pain. Because the old order of things that we're living through and experiencing now will pass away. It's the hope of being with our perfect and loving Lord Jesus forever. Friends, that is our hope. And this hope for us as Christians is the perfect assurance of the ultimate outcome of life. It's that ability to say, well, I know it will be alright in the end. Keep hopeful. This hope is so fundamental to the Christian life that Paul speaks of it over 36 times in his writing, the letters that he writes in the New Testament. And so for those of us who are trusting the Lord Jesus this morning, you have been given a new life and a new birth into a living hope. Not an unexpected expectation, as it were, but into a solid reality. And friends, that solid hope, that certain future, should be a source for joy to us in the present. A source of gladness to us. What does Paul say in Romans 12, verse 12? He says, be joyful in hope. He is saying to the Christians, he's writing to in Rome, be glad, be happy about this, be joyful in it. Seek to find your inner peace in this reality that Jesus is coming again. Seek to find your joy that this is the certain outcome of your life. The hope of glory, whatever happens, that is our hope. That is our reality. Over the last year or two, three years, lots of things that have brought us joy, if we're honest, they've been stripped away. And it's been really difficult to to live life without them. Remember all those lockdowns? Our source of joy, it may have been stripped away in one sense or another. But for the Christian... For those who are trusting in Jesus Christ today, our joy should be found in something that people cannot take away. The hope of glory. The hope of Jesus coming again. I was reminded recently, when I was preparing this talk, that the early Christians, particularly the people who Paul wrote to these words in Rome, actually they had very, very, very little in the world to be joyful about. And they had very little to hope in earthly things. And yet they were still able, they were always able to rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4 verse 4. They were always able to rejoice in the hope of glory. Colossians 1 verse 27. And so friends, as we enter another year, be joyful, be glad. Speak to your soul about this hope that we have. Well the question is, How do we do that? I mean, joy isn't just simply a switch that you can just flick on. You cannot just tell yourself to be joyful. You can't just walk around the estate and go, be joyful, be joyful, be joyful, be joyful, be joyful. Can you? I mean, come on. Come on, Tim. Come on. Surely you know all these circumstances that we face as a church, we face as a nation... We're going through very tough times. Can we really do this? Can we really conjure up joy like this? Can we do it? 
Well, according to a guy called John Calvin, he was a previous Christian and preacher and theologian, he writes really helpfully about this little phrase, be joyful in hope. Because, you see, Paul warns us again and again in remaining content in merely finding our joy in earthly things. So Calvin, he really helpfully says this, raise our minds to heaven that we may enjoy full and solid joy. Raise your minds to heaven. As we enter 2023, what will you do, what will you do very practically to raise your mind to heaven? You see, you cannot be joyful about something that you never think about, can you? You cannot be joyful about something that you're not looking forward to. And so as we enter 2023, be joyful, seek your joy, tell your soul to be glad in the hope that we have. The hope of Jesus coming again. We need to remind ourselves regularly of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you do not put before yourself the gospel of Jesus, the truth that you are forgiven by him, that you are kept by him, and that you are his people, and that he is coming again for you, if you don't put that before yourself, then you'll never be joyful in the hope that you have. And so, some ways that I like to do this to help me, I have um, playlists on Spotify or YouTube of music that really helps me focus on the truths of the gospel. It's a mixture of stuff that we sing as a congregation in church, but also stuff that other Christians have written that really express uh, the really, really fantastic truths of Jesus' life, his death on the cross for us, his resurrection, defeating death, his ascension into heaven, and his return to judge the living and the dead and to bring us in a new creation, making all things new. And so if you want to know um, how to get that playlist, I'll happily send you a link. I, I really find it useful when I'm studying, when I'm doing work, when I'm in the shower, when I'm doing stuff around the house. It's just raising my mind to heaven. It's letting the word of Christ dwell in me richly. So that's one tip I'll give to you if you want to raise your mind to heaven this year. Another one would be just getting the scripture open every day. Just consuming yourself with the gospel. Uh, Whether that is for your daily Bible reading plans. I know some of you like to use that. Uh, some of you like to use uh, journals that help you just through, get you through just a few verses and to write about them. Um, it might be using particular podcasts that, where people are explaining particular parts of Scripture. Um, what are you going to do uh, to deliberately do what Calvin says to raise your mind to heaven? What will you do this year to raise your mind to heaven, to raise your mind to hope to the hope that you have. And I want to ask some of you this morning this. This hope that we're talking about, is that even your hope in the first place? Is that the hope that you have for your life? And if it's not your hope, then it can be. It can be your hope as you put your trust in Jesus as the source of God's mercy to you. He promises to forgive you for all you have done. He promises to grant you a future that you do not deserve. And I want to say to you today that if that's not your hope, then join us. Join us in that hope. Learn to rejoice with us. 
Find joy with us in this hope to come. It's not wishful thinking, but a certain reality. So, as followers of Jesus this morning, as we face potentially another hard year with so many ups and downs, what should we do? What does the Bible exhort us to do? Keep hopeful. Not just in life returning back to some kind of normality as we know it, but in the greater hope to come, that one day Jesus will restore this world to what he made it to be, its good and perfect state, making all things new. But secondly, don't just keep hopeful. As followers of Jesus, we must keep going as a church. That's our second heading on our outlines this morning. Keep, let's keep going. Look at the next thing that Paul says in Romans 12, verse 12. Paul has been saying, be joyful in hope. Now he says, patient in affliction. Followers of Jesus, we have a hope But that does not mean that life is going to be easy for us now. Life is full of afflictions, isn't it? In fact, the New Testament tells us that especially for Christians, life is full of afflictions and suffering. Think of those verses. If anyone wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, he will be persecuted, he will face afflictions. It's the same word. We must go through many hardships, many afflictions, to enter the kingdom of God. With the Christian life, it's what we should anticipate and expect as we share in the sufferings of Christ, who suffered for us. See, this word afflictions in verse 12 that we have here, it's a word that means to be under pressure. It's a word that means to be squeezed, as it were, to feel inner distress or outer distress, physical distress. I know many of us in the church family, that's exactly what you've been experiencing the last year and still experiencing now. So many reasons to be feeling squeezed and under pressure and distressed. So many reasons and circumstances that you are going through and I know them and I pray for you about them and the elders do as well. And it's causing you distress. Now, in the New Testament, these afflictions, they can come because we are followers of Jesus. They can come because culture is against us, as it were. We are sharing in the sufferings of Christ. And I know that uh, that's many of the case for us as a church family. Some of you are going through this right now. Struggling and suffering for Christ in your family settings or in your workplace. But the word afflictions here, it can also mean generally the general afflictions of our world, living in a broken world, the sufferings caused by sin, sickness and death that comes under the general word afflictions. Some of us, I know, are facing these afflictions because of our economic uncertainty and instability or the general effects of the war in Ukraine or for others it may be so many other things like health concerns I mean, to tell you the truth, I face afflictions every single day being visually impaired. And it's into these afflictions, which we're all experiencing in different ways, that the call comes, the call comes to be patient. That means to keep going. I mean, patient, it perhaps kind of gives the wrong impression 
It's hard to pick an English word when you're translating sometimes, isn't it? The NIV Bibles that we have here at the moment, the word patient, but that kind of conjures up the idea of passively waiting, doesn't it? You know, we'll sit back and we'll just take it all as it comes. But actually, the word that's used here is far more kind of an active endurance. To be patient means to endure. It's that kind of deliberateness to say, yes, this is painful, life is painful, this is hard, but I'm going to keep going. I will keep going in the Lord. And actually, that means to maintain one's belief, to maintain one's course. I will not be deterred. I am going to keep going with Jesus. I am going to keep following this life of faith, even when life is tough. Recently, I came across um, an autobiography of an SAS soldier, and he tells the story of the selection process for joining the special forces. And it was the last night of his uh, selection process, it was a really tough evening. You know, the, the, the fog had come down. They had dropped uh, him into an unknown location. Uh, they have to make their own way to this kind of checkpoint. And he writes this. I couldn't do a thing. I couldn't see a thing. I couldn't get any reference to where I was. His feet were raw from all the exercise that he'd been doing. His back was so knackered from the backpack that he had to wear. And his lungs were burning inside him. And he thought, this is it. I'm done. I have failed. And then eventually he did find a little path. And he literally just ran. He ran as fast as he could. And he sprinted and he said, I've just put one foot in front of the other. And I just kept going. And I kept going. And I kept going. And eventually I reached the checkpoint. He says, there were moments on that night I couldn't even remember at all. But I do remember just putting one foot in front of the other. And friends, this captures what this word patience, endurance means for us as a church. It means putting one foot in front of the other and keeping on going. That's what we are called to do as Christians in 2023 both as individual believers and as a church family. And so how are we going to do that? How are we going to endure? How are we going to keep going, putting one foot in front of the other? Well, the answer is the first bit of the instructions that we looked at earlier. What does it say? It says, be joyful in hope. It's as we keep hoping, fixing our eyes on the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ, that enables us to keep going as Christians in this broken world. Hope will keep us going. It will enable us to be patiently enduring afflictions, whatever twists and turns that life may take. And so friends, Jesus knew what it was to endure. To endure with hope set before him. Listen to these words from Hebrews chapter 12. It tells us to run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus endured and we are called to lift our eyes to him so that we may patiently endure ourselves as Christians. And so, when faced with 2023, keep hopeful, hopeful about Jesus, and keep going with Jesus, fixing your eyes on him as we wait for him patiently and bear whatever afflictions, after afflictions, that comes our way. But number three, as we finish, number three, Paul continues and says, let's keep praying. Let's look at how this verse finishes. Paul has been saying, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. When life is tough, let's be honest for a moment, someone standing in front of a building telling you to be joyful and patient, it doesn't sound very easy, does it? I mean, none of us here are sitting here and just going, yeah, I want some of that, sign me up now. Joyful patience, it seems beyond us, doesn't it, sometimes? Doesn't it seem just a bit like wishful thinking? You know, sounds good. Bit of a pep talk from this guy at the front of church. But actually, my friends, actually, it's why we need the third instruction. Keep praying. Be faithful in prayer. How on earth am I going to be joyful in hope when life just feels so rubbish at times? How on earth am I going to keep going as Christian, as a Christian in this uncertain, topsy-turvy, difficult, painful, broken world? The answer is to pray. A reminder that we must be people of prayer. We must keep praying. Prayer is our act of dependence on God for every circumstance of life. Prayer is mercy given access. We only have access to God because of his mercy. Remember Romans 12 verse 1. But it's mercy given access to more of his mercy. Prayer, if you like, it's your hotline, as it were, to God's mercy seat. Where we're going to get help in our times of need. Prayer is our source of help when we need joyfulness and when we need patience. An old Victorian preacher, Charles Spurgeon, he had a lovely picture for Romans 12, verse 12. Some of you might know it. He says this, Every Christian, so that's you and I, if we're trusting the Lord Jesus, every Christian needs to take two tablets, joy and patience. But they can only be washed down with a large glass of prayer. Isn't that a fantastic image? So beautiful, isn't it? How do you get joyfulness and patience? It's only as you wash them down with a large glass of prayer. And so friends, as we enter 2023, we've got to be people who are praying, not just prayers in a crisis, not just prayers out of duty. But look at what it says in the verse, look at verse 12, look at the end, he says, faithful in prayer. Now, that word faithful, again, it's a stronger word than we sometimes read it. It's the same word, in fact, that often translates in the Bible as the word persevere or be devoted to. And so Paul is saying, 
persevere in prayer. Be devoted to prayer. Is that you? In all honesty, is that you? Is that me? One translation of the Bible puts it like this. Steadfastly maintain the habit of prayer. Do you have a habit of prayer that you could maintain this year? This word that we translate here as faithful, it really captures the idea that prayer should be consistent, doesn't it? We should keep doing it. But it also captures something else of the idea that it it takes effort. It's going to take you a lot of time and effort to get praying and to keep praying. You know, friends, we're not just going to suddenly stumble into this. You're not going to wake up one morning and then suddenly become some kind of prayer warrior. No, it takes effort to get there and to stay there. It takes the forming of habits and routines. I'm really grateful that the Bible is it's, it's so real with us, isn't it? The Bible knows that we are people who struggle to pray. The Bible knows that our minds drift. The Bible knows that we struggle to stay awake, perhaps, if we do it at different times of the day. The Bible knows that it's hard to pray, but it's also very real about the fact that we need to pray. And so, how will you keep praying as we enter 2023? As you face another year with its ups and downs, how will you be faithful and devoted to prayer this year? Maybe for some of you, you don't really have a prayer habit as such. And I want to encourage you that as you start this year, to start one. And my tips for you, uh, my tips for you if you want to start a praying life is this. Start small and start regular. Set an alarm on your iPhone or Android, whatever you use, a clock, you know, and just say, I'm going to pray at this time every day. And start small. Just start with a small prayer and keep it regular. Keep to that appointment. Keep to that alarm that buzzes on your phone or clock. Start small and start regular. And what do you pray? Well, if you don't know where to pray, you don't know where to start, start with the Lord's Prayer. We did a whole sermon series on this in the autumn last year, looking at it line by line. Maybe go and listen back to them. But the Lord's Prayer, it's really, it's really wonderful. It's a great springboard into other things to pray for. Something that I like to use is an app on the phone called PrayerMate. It allows you to uh, list a particular people that you want to pray for. So, for instance, I've got my home group on there. I like to pray for them. It gives me one or two of them a day. But it also pulls in feeds from uh, UCCF, the people who help um, Christian unions and universities. It also has Open Doors, OMF, and various missionary agencies, um, Christians Against Poverty, Um, all sorts of things uh, and church networks and it just gives you a nice balanced diet of prayer and it also has the Lord's Prayer in there and other prayers that have been written throughout church history so give it a go it's free, it's a great app if you want help setting it up, come and find me and I'll do it for you but whatever you do however you choose to pray however you want to do it, whatever you do start small start regular but also be honest with God be real with him 
You don't have to wrap it up. You don't have to use fancy language. You don't need to put on a posh voice. God just wants you to come to him. And so, if you're going to start this year a habit of prayer, if you want to live out being faithful in prayer, start small, start regular, and be honest with God. Just be real with him. As followers of Jesus facing another potentially tough year, we've got to keep praying. Keep looking to God for the help that we need. Friends, Romans 12 verse 12 is a direction for us from God as we go into 2023. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. As we enter what could be another tough year for many of us, what's the thrust of this for us as a church? Keep hopeful. Church, let's keep lifting our eyes to what we believe is coming, not as wishful thinking, but with certainty guaranteed for us by the resurrection of Jesus, promised to us in his word. Jesus is coming again for you and me. Be joyful about that when everything else has been stripped away. Keep hopeful. Also, keep going. Let's help one another to be deliberate in putting one foot in front of the other, leading each other by the hand, taking one day at a time, keeping going with endurance, filled with hope, trusting in Jesus who endured before us. And also, let's keep praying. Let's be committed and regular in seeking God's help. And I'd love you to join us in our week of prayer, starting on January the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, and so on, that week. Let's, let's start as we mean to go on, as it were, being faithful in prayer. Let's have a moment's quiet, and then we'll pray these things in now. Let's pray. Lord, we confess that we find it so difficult to be joyful. We find it so hard to have a solid joy in you. We confess that our joy is so often circumstantial. Our joy often goes up and down with what's happening with our life. Lord God, please may this morning, Romans 12 verse 12, anchor us on the hope that we have, the certain future hope, the glorious hope of Jesus returning again. Please may, they, may this solid hope give us solid joy. Please help us to, as Calvin says, raise our minds to heaven. Please help us, therefore, do that, and that will help us to be patient in affliction, both in our general sufferings and when we face particular sufferings for being your people. May the joy that is set before us keep us going, putting one foot in front of the other. Please help us do that as a church, praying for each other, being faithful in prayer and wanting to speak your truth in love to each other. Please, Lord God, may this year help us come closer to you and closer to each other so that we might live out this verse, being joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.